Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK Show, week 15, and it's the season for roasting and plucking plump, tasty birds. The NFC West champion 49ers got into the true spirit of Christmas by presenting our feathered friends with some big hits, some big plays, and a big fat dent in their playoff hopes, and all in the comfort of their own home. The rest of the NFC West are lucky to have such a generous division, mate. I'm Gareth Ellis, and full of victory cheer, on Friday, it's Lee Gowland. NFC West champions, baby. Paul Hope. Best in the West, baby. And Hello, everyone. So, a Thursday night football. It really produces some good games, but the Niners got the job done travelling on the short week. We've given Brock plenty of love on the last two shows and probably will continue to do so. But let's start with the defence. I've picked three players, uh, one at each level. And the guys are going to break down the performance of those and their uh, position friends. So we'll start off with Paul, Eric Armstead and the rest of the D-line. What did you make of their performance, Paul? Yeah, our defence once again dominated from start to finish, didn't it, Gareth? I mean, we've held opponents to 17 points or fewer in seven straight regular season games, which when I was checking this morning, chaps, is the first time this has happened since 1984. So earlier in the season, we were talking about this historic defence, our elite defence, and a few people scoffed, Gareth. They were saying, you're not playing anybody. Can you do it when it matters? So for any English football fans listening, the analogy would be a cold night in Stoke on a Tuesday night. And here we are, Thursday night football in Seattle, divisional rivals. Now, Eric Armstead, for me, he stood out. He allowed the others to play the game. He was on the inside of the defensive line. And despite only finishing with one tackle, which I know people out there love to go into the stats. He just was dominating. I watched the game back this afternoon with Jasmine, my 12-year-old, and we were just in awe of how awesome he actually was. And the amount of pressure that we were generating on Geno Smith was unbelievable. I mean, you go through and you look, we forced seven punts and a fumble on eight of the Seahawks' 11 offensive drive. We just suffocated them. They only allowed 4.5 yards per play. And we only allowed them to convert Gareth on 31% of third downs, which we said Armstead earlier in the season missing. Teams were just converting that third down by running the ball. And Armstead being in there just releases the rest. Now, for me, we talk about Greenlaw, we talk about Warner, which I won't touch upon because the chaps will be there. And they just see it be everywhere. But for me, you just put the game tape on and you just see where Eric Armstead is. He was, he was huge. The score didn't translate in the box score for me, but he was just dominant. And I'm hopeful... Lee and Nadji agree with my analysis on Eric Armstead last night's dominant performance. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he makes a difference. You can tell when he's back how much easier it is for everybody around him. Um, the pressure seems to be more natural instead of because of good coverage or because of good skimming. It just kind of just never stops with, since he's been back. And I'm glad he's been back and played the whole game throughout and it seems that he's, he's sorted his, uh, his health issues which is really good to see but yeah he's, he's a difference maker and um, you know when, when we traded Buckner away we all were a bit hesitant about the move but I think now you know two or three years on um, I, I think it definitely was the right move to keep him and not and not Defoe but it, yeah he's, he's just that's where he starts and he, he occupies so much of the double teams. It just makes everybody around better, which is, this is what you want your leaders to do. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. 
Yeah, getting somebody back of uh, Armstead's calibre this type of uh, this time in the season is absolutely fantastic. Just watching him play, he looked quick, he looked fit, he looked hungry. It was an absolute joy to watch him. And, and like you said, I mean, he's taking up some of those double teams, releasing Borsa to get around and uh, make sacks and releasing um, the rest of the guys. I, I thought he looked excellent. I thought he was a difference maker. And far too often, he kind of goes through a game quietly, not because he's not performing, but because people are looking for stats that, yes, they do mean something, but not everybody's going to get them types of stats. So I, I think you're completely right, Paul. Oh, I thought he was excellent last night. I just think what they did well, Gareth, before we move on, Armstead and Borsa, they pushed the pocket. And I always reference Nadji when I'm watching the game last night and I was sat at home, Nadji, and you're watching the tape and you think, Gino had nowhere to go. <laughs> he just kept yeah. seeing them two coming towards him. And it was brilliant to see. And, and Lee's been very high on Armstead. And I suppose I'm getting more into the watching the tape back, Gareth. And it just jumped off the page this morning when I was watching it back. I mean, to be fair, I've had only four hours sleep and it was absolutely <laughs> worth staying up last night. Because to be fair, I'm beaming. And Nadji went into Middlesbrough Town Centre earlier today. Saw a lovely Seahawks fan. <laughs> to be fair to him, he came over to me, chaps, and he congratulated me. And he said he hopes we do well in the playoffs, which was as big as a surprise to me, to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was going to swerve me. But uh, yeah, Armstead was great last night for me, Gareth. Yeah, that that's why I picked him. I think he he really stood out as a as a dominant performance, and and you kind of you notice what you what you've got when he's missing, uh, and just that that constant forcing the pocket, stuffing up the run game, and I think he just allows the stunts and the crosses and and the other uh, the pass rushes to really get in behind him because they know he's he's just occupying that middle line, and no quarterback can actually step up in the pocket because if you step up, you're just stepping straight into Armstead. Uh, and it's 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 been great to see him back at, at this point of the season, just when we needed some reinforcements in the middle. So, yeah, really good to see him. And, yeah, I think he's when we traded uh, Buckner away, I think Buckner was probably the better player. But now I wouldn't say that there's, there's anything in it between the two of them. Uh, Buckner got some of the sacks and maybe some of the highlight plays. But I think all of us can see what the coaches uh, uh, saw in Armstead in terms of, of just what he does. He, it's like a little bit of brick wall in the centre of the line and everyone else can work around him, including the guys lining up behind him, Dre Greenlaw and the linebackers. Lee, run us through, big play Dre and the performance. So what is it about Dre Greenlaw and the Seattle Seahawks? He's just <laughs> a completely different animal whenever he plays them. I need to look into this because there must be a backstory. Somebody must have upset him somewhere or the other. And I can imagine Seahawks fans... When they hear the name Greenlaw, they have the same reaction as what we've done for the past 10, 12 years when we hear the name Wagner. Mm. They've got to be thinking, yeah. I really hope he's not playing tonight. I hope yeah. he has a real off day. Because every time Dre Greenlaw steps on the field against the CLC Hawks, he, he's just immense. He is a different beast altogether. And again, last night, he was all over that field. Every time there was a player, the name Greenlaw was shouted out by one of the analysts. And I thought he was absolutely excellent. He's had an absolutely fantastic season. Um, again, I'll hold my hand up a second time. I think it was the last podcast I said at the start of the season, we, we had discussed him being traded away. And that's because I didn't think we'd be able to afford him come the off-season to keep him as well as some of our other bits and pieces. And as soon as he signed that contract, he, he's been immense ever since. And last night was another fine example of 
the, the player that we have. And it kind of makes you a little bit worried how we're going to keep all these star players because we've got a load of them now. So mm-hmm. you look you look alongside uh, his, playing, his playing buddies in uh, linebacking, Fred Warner. Fred Warner, absolutely excellent again. Al Shear, again, excellent. Three best linebackers in the NFL at the moment. I'm absolutely convinced there's not a better three linebackers in the whole of the NFL. And and looking back, it it gets you excited. It gets you excited about the old Willis and Bowman days. Um, That type of player really brought on the fan base. It was something that they enjoyed to see. And our linebackers look almost impenetrable. And um, I think going forward, I've said this before, I actually think our defence is playing at a level that, that is bordering on the 85 Bears, potentially pushing past the 85 Bears, is the best defence of all time. Um, I know a few people laughed when I said that, but uh, I truly believe that. And it all it's, starts with the linebackers, for me. It does. It does. I Dare I say, I think they're better than Willis and Bowman, and the two of them, Greenlaw and Warner, together. And, and they're complemented by... Alshair is really good, too. Um, I, think, I think it really helps, but... Yeah, if, if the sample size that we have compared to what Willis and Bowman, they did it for a long time. So hopefully, you know, Drew and Fred can do that too for at least the same amount of time, if not more, hopefully. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's so good. And they're both so good. Um, they just complement each other. They rely on each other. And when it's not one, it's the other. When it's not both at the same time. Um, yeah, just big player Dre. He's, he's hungry. He's hungry for changing the game and he always does and yeah he's absolutely awesome um he, he surely he's going to be in contention for defensive player of the year at this point and i don't see why why he wouldn't be um he, he literally changed some games in the past few weeks so yeah um what a player yeah the year of Greenlaw continued on thursday night chaps i mean he only like and i said his tongue in cheek he only had eight tackles last night but he put him for 111 on the season but the biggest play of the game, which had us all off our uh, chairs and on our feet, was the, the fumble, which was then returned by Ward. I mean, we've been calling for it, haven't we, chaps, about every week, you know, we're going to have a pick six, we're going to have an interception. But I genuinely believe that with them on the field, something's going to happen. And as soon as he popped that ball out, oh, I was dying for Mooney Ward to run that one back in, Nadja. I thought, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. a pick six, it's coming in. But you're, you're right, Lee, you've held your hands up. I think there was talk on this show, should we move on? He signed the contract, which, to be honest, that makes John Lynchuk even better, in my opinion. He's tied mm. him up, and he's already outperforming that contract. But you must have been impressed by uh, that Gareth last night, Mr. Greenlaw. Absolutely. Once again, it's it's another game where he's dominated. I think because he he missed a chunk of last season, and that's when really Al Shair started to come in and and have some real impact. There was a couple of games where he was just everywhere. And you thought, well, may, maybe Shy is the one we keep and, and we let Greenlaw go. But I think uh, Greenlaw's performances have obviously kept kept Shyer good as he is, uh, firmly in the in the kind of backup role and, and on the bench. And and Greenlaw said, nope, this is this is my job and I am not giving this up. And I think just uh, he he's everywhere. He's that side to side linebacker. He's he's good in coverage. He lays out the hits. He's clearly providing a, a kind of leadership leading by example role uh, in the way he goes about his business uh, and, and and where do you go where, where when you're an offensive coordinator how do you try and scheme around 
a core part of the defense just thinking no i'm not sending a runner anywhere near him or or putting a pass anywhere near him because it's not going to get any further because he's so good in the open field tackles uh and i think it's it's that pursuit coming in when somebody else has made a tackle and and the fumble he forced he thought right my mates got him and tackled i don't need to worry about the tackle i'm just gonna thump him and see if the ball pops out uh, and it's, <laughs> yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I think Greenlaw is going to be good value. And, and Nadji stole my thunder a bit. I was going to pose the question, Trey Greenlaw, defensive MVP or defensive player of the year. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be in the conversation because, I don't know, the NFL just seems to pick certain players and, and constantly just cycle between a, a handful of them. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Donald gets defensive player of the year just because <laughs> you know, they seem to have no imagination. Um, <laughs> that's true it's more of a popularity contest than anything it's true but it, it should be in the conversation I think he's, he's deserving of it especially if he carries on playing like this all, all the way you know absolutely I think as well Gareth you mentioned I think Lee mentioned something about Greenlaw in Seattle those white jerseys and Greenlaw <laughs> oh, in that yeah. white jersey in Seattle whenever the schedule comes out and you think oh they're saving them for the Seattle game please keep doing that because we see it well great <laughs> yeah. luck wearing that white uni and especially green light it just looks right for me I just wanted to say that before we moved on it does it does well we're moving on to you Paul uh, to, to take us through the secondary and Mooney Ward's performance is it on my turn I can't believe you missed Nadji you forgot all about him oh. disgraceful oh. Disgraceful. It's okay. There was no organization at all. Nadja. (laughs) (laughs) I stayed up and everything. I watched the game live with you guys. It was uh, was good. Um, Yeah, the secondary, what can we say that we haven't said yet? I think it was kind of an easy night for them. Uh, The D-line was so good um, and Gino was under so much pressure. They really didn't really have to do that much, especially that they played against, um, in my opinion, one of the most overrated uh, wide receiver in the league right now, DK Metcalf, is not a good wide receiver. I don't think he is. He's a big baby. Um, and you push him around a little bit and he just crumbles. Uh, start throwing his toy out of the pram and try chipping at people and trying to get in their head. Just just not a good player, not a good human being. He fits perfectly in Seattle. And I'm glad Money Ward had a good game against him. Um, all he could catch was a couple of slants and broken down plays I just yeah I don't think they had much to do I think they let the their foot off the gas a little bit too soon at the end mm. and the touchdown maybe it was a bit of a miscommunication thing nothing to worry about I think they're still a very good unit um Mooney Ward did travel with DK Metcalf um I'm not even sure we'll do that if we ever play them again next year uh, when we play them again next year uh, because uh, Tyler Oka is so much more dangerous, I think. Um, and Dimo Lenore really handled it really, really well. Uh, I know they had quite a bit of passing, uh, you know, 238 yards. But most of it, I, to me, it felt like the game was over. As soon as we scored that second touchdown uh, out of the half, um, I I was very much in in confidence that we would win this game. And, and we just had to play and keep everything in front of us. And, and let the D-line... Yeah, it was it was very easy for our secondary um, yesterday. Um, not much to do. And uh, and what they had to do, they did it pretty well. Uh, I will say that I think that we got really unlucky uh, as a defense as a whole. Um, Off could have had a pick. Greenlaw could have had a pick. Uh, Warner should have had a pick. 
and then one fumble will be recovered, and then one fumble we could have had um, on the on the half uh, sack, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, I think they got really lucky because even if we just get 50% of those, the game is is what I would have predicted. You know, 42-7 is what I said, and uh, it should have been. It, it never was close. Um, but yeah, um, another stellar performance by our secondary. Um, Jimmy Ward can't cover though. <laughs> Still, he can tackle, but he can't cover. I think real Nedgy. I think we got the blame, Gareth, on the Discord chat from a certain day yeah, about calling for interceptions. I thought I'd dip into the Discord chat to see what's going on. And he was like, it's your fault, Paul. It's your fault, Gareth. But I was laughing. <laughs> to be fair, Nadji, before you move on, I did like your positivity last night. I said to the chaps before you come on, I was on the same page as you. Uh, it was an easy game. And even when they scored, me and you were quite vocal in the Discord chat saying, chill out, we've got this. And yeah. you said, you're right. Metcalf, what a baby. I mean, given that he was flexing and all the rest of it, that's like Gareth, seven receptions for 55 yards and his longest play was 13 yards. So Mooney Ward well and truly had DK Metcalf in his pocket. And mm. I fully agree with you, Najee. He is very, very overrated. Yep. Okay, to weigh in, Lee? Second week? Well, I, th- I think both Najee and Paul said everything that I was going to say, so I, I don't think I'll just go over that again. But, um, yeah, they, they had an excellent game. I think it does show why we brought Mooney Ward in. I thought he was excellent against a bigger bodied uh, wide receiver who could have easily pushed him about all game. Um, he allowed 33 yards and he just stuck to him like glue. Um, Diem Adolinor continues to impress me every single week yeah. he plays. Mm-hmm. I think he's been excellent. I mean, he, he led the team in tackles last night and he's just been absolutely fantastic. It's getting better, isn't it? It's like, he is. It- He's getting more confident and it's, it seems less hard for him to stick to the people and make the tackle and he seems to be getting in his groove, which is exactly what we wanted. He's still a second-year player and the progression is looking really, really good. So It yeah. is, you're right. And I, I just want to pick up a point that uh, Najee said because Najee, um, Najee made the comment that we think we took uh, the foot off the gas a little bit too soon. So I do have an explanation for that, actually. So after the game had finished, um, Jed texted us and said, you know what? You're getting a little bit too big for your boots. I listened to your podcast, 31-13. <laughs> I told Robbie to shank that uh, field goal, and I told Jordan Mason to run out the one-yard line. So just watch yourself, Sonny Jim. <laughs> well, also, Mooney Ward did leave the leave the the field with a concussion, uh, cleared it, but then didn't come back in, and we had uh, Janoris Jenkins that stepped in. Uh, and I think they kind of picked on him a little bit during that last drive, which might have explained why um, the guy hasn't played for a while. I wasn't, sure, I, I wasn't even kind of aware that we had him. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so that could also explain why uh, we took our foot off the gas a little bit. So I think with Mooney, they, they did actually turn around and say he's, he's passed the concussion. Yeah, he's yeah, fine yeah, to come back in. Yeah. But he because just, of the time in the game, I thought, well, what, what's no the point, point in putting yeah. him in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially the, in recent weeks, we've seen players, you know, going out for concussion, clearing the protocol, coming back in, and then immediately or a player two later, leaving again in a concussion protocol. And I think, I think it was pretty smart by uh, Kyle and everybody on, on the offense side and the coaches to say, well, look, the game's over. We got this. Don't worry about it. Let's not put yourself at risk. You know, we got more games to play and more things to achieve. So let's let's keep you in a, in a mob. Okay, take a rest. You've done well so far. Sit down, enjoy the victory. Great stuff. Yeah, I picked Mooney Ward because I think that's one of the first times they've really analysed that matchup. We haven't seen yeah. it because no one's been passing that way. But 
he was just you know, he was wearing DK Metcalf's shirt for most of the first half, I think, uh, and clearly can hold his own against, as you've said, uh, a guy who who likes to give it large. But when it comes down to it, I think his opinion of himself and his abilities is is slightly inflated. Um, and I do love uh, needling him and seeing oh, another 15 yards from DK Metcalf, as in a penalty <laughs> to us. <laughs> Uh, he's just one of those guys you can poke and he's and he he doesn't seem to have that self-control does he so uh should we go over to the offense and brock put in another clean game in difficult conditions aided by good game plan how do you guys evaluate the purdy performance paul he's awesome he's absolutely awesome sorry i'm jumping in it's my train i'm driving it He's, no, he's no, the best QB we've had in a long time he was 11 for 11 he was 11 for 11 until he started um, throwing a bit of errand passes. I think the pick was a bit, um, same again, a bit of a rookie mistake. But apart from that, he was 11 for 11 in a very all-star uh, environment because at the beginning of the game, I think it was loud, although the 12 hasn't been as loud as they used to be. I think they're quite realizing that the team isn't quite good and that's the kind of find they are. But he's uh, it, it, awesome. It, the fact that Carl can call plays, which is double pump, double fake, to uh, have we ever seen Jimmy uh, run that play? I don't think so, because I don't think um, Carl's got the the confidence that Jimmy could run this really well. Um, so Kiefer down again, key throws. Uh, that that what was it? Third down with his leg, design run with his leg, again. Carl's got the confidence to call that kind of play, and Brock executes every time. I think he, he had a couple of throws here and there where I think his oblique might have uh, bothered him a little bit, or the throw was a little bit off platform. Um, but yeah, he was again, he was on point. You know, ball comes on time, he throws into the blitz. I'm so impressed with that. Jimmy really doesn't do that. And he's he's grabs that really, really fast. As soon as he identified that the bliss is coming one way, he just throws into it because he knows the space behind it. Um and you know, Al Michael said it, and if Al Michael's saying it, the guy's been in the league and commenting and watching football for I don't know, what, fifty years, forty years, something like that. And he says the guy this guy looks like he's a seven year uh, veteran. And I agree. He just looks so comfortable and so he's awesome. I uh, I can't wait to talk about whether we should have him or Lance, and uh, I think I've already made my opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Gareth, I'm glad, Nadji, mentioned that double pump touchdown uh, kittle, because to be fair, Nadji, Good Morning Football was shown some footage of a certain Steve Young doing that play. <laughs> and they were saying, why, you know, why drop new players when you can recycle that one? And to be fair, Gareth, Nadji is the driver of the Brock Express, so I'm glad you jumped in there, buddy, but if it can continue to have the games he's having, Nadji, 17 of 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. And it was little things like you said. So that run play you talk about, when he initiated the slide and he held the ball out, there was a few people saying, oh, he hasn't got that first down because his, his leg's down. But it's yeah. when you initiate the slide, it's where the ball is. And he showed that, in t- that maturity to hold the ball out. Yeah, I'm not sure down. he's aware of that, and he might have got a little bit lucky there, but still, the balls to run the play and slide, he, I mean, he knew where the marker was, because you could see it, but yeah, it's just very mature, uh, if if he knows what he's doing, or, you know, very lucky, which is also has been, because the pick was very close. <laughs> we know how you feel about a certain quarterback that came from Oregon, but Purdy's two touchdown passes mark his third consecutive game with two or more, 
the longest yep. streak by a 49ers QB since 1970, and the first since your boy Justin Herbert. So he seems yep. to be keeping good company in, in your good books, Nadji. You yeah. impressed with the Brock Express last night, Lee? Of course, I've always been impressed with the Brock Express. <laughs> um, he, he played the game I, I actually expected him to play, so he, he had some throws that, as Nadji said, were a bit uh, errant throws. Um, what should have been a pick was a rookie mistake. Um, but other than that, he, he showed he showed composure past his years. Um, I agree with uh, Al Michael's commentary. You wouldn't have thought that um, he's a rookie. You would have thought he was a six, seven-year vet, some of the stuff he did. Yeah. Um, looking at the way he played, the way he communicates, the way the team look up to him already, yeah. I, I think is unbelievable. Um, I, I, I'm almost agreeing with Nadji that I think the way he's playing, when we come into next season, this would be Brock's team to lose. Yep. Yeah. And that would be a big, a big statement from both Kyle and John to say, look, we, we've picked this trail and sky, give up all that draft capital, but you know what? We're going to roll with Brock. I think yeah. it's whoever seizes the opportunity. And I think that's I think what Brock has done. Yeah, I think it's super unfair because obviously I don't think Trez had the chance to prove that he is that. And we haven't seen what he can do in practice. And obviously practice and training camp is a lot different. Um, and we only have the best game to to rely on, which we all remember was absolutely atrocious weather. It was the first week of the season, blah, 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 all that. So it's completely unfair to, to say Trey hasn't got it. I'm just... I'd, I'd rather trust my eyes, and for now, anyway. Um, we'll see where this takes us in the off season and how we finish. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, at, at this very moment, I I would rather be having Brock starting next year. Um, but it, it's this is right now. It, it might well change yeah. by the time we get to June or July. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with the same that you made that Brock has shown more than any of the other quarterbacks so far that we've seen this season, that, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. But as yeah. you said. It's hardly fair on Lance because the Bears game was a washout and he yeah. was injured in the first, what, five minutes of yeah. the Seahawks game. So yeah. it's a little bit unfair. We we have seen some snippets from Lance which get you really excited. Yeah, and I the mean, Texans game. Yeah, year, yeah. Some of the throws that he can make that we haven't seen Brock Purdy make and it's, it's been <laughs> it's been well documented that um, <laughs> Brock Purdy hasn't got the strongest of arms. But True. I don't think that's letting down at the moment. He, he's, yep. he's definitely hitting their wide receivers better than what Jimmy's done. Yep. And that's not that's not a knock on Jimmy. That's just saying, comparing the skill levels. And he's just been so impressive for a rookie, for a rookie that was taken with the last pick of the draft. It, it's I, I don't know. I, I feel as though I keep expecting to wake up because I'm dreaming this is happening. Yeah. Because this shouldn't I, happen with the third third string. No, because that's the thing as well, isn't it? He's a rookie. He he's going to get better. Which means what what's that gonna look like if he's better than what he's given us already? It's it's gonna be insane. So yeah. Um I'd like to like to get you back to that play in his own end zone. And uh and if you wanna if you wanna do comparison again, is you look at what Jimmy did when we were in our own end zone against the Broncos, for example, and what um, Brock has managed to do when we were on our own end zone, and I know there was a bit of a penalty, or it was incomplete to uh, to array my cloud. But the fact that he's managed to escape the poker and go around, and he's got some wheels, he's really sneaky fast, I think. Um, and and then get out of a bad situation and throw the ball, get it away, and then not put yourself in a bad situation is 
again, he's a, that's his second start ever. It's his first game in the NFL. And he does that kind of thing in that environment. It was so loud, especially at that time. Um, yeah, usually impressed. Um, can't wait to watch him more. That's not the play I thought you were going to pick, Nadji. I thought you were going to pick the one where he completed to Ray Ray McLeod, where they were running like a boot or a play action, and he slipped over. Instead of letting yeah. the player die, jumped to his feet, skipped that past awesome the too, on yeah. Russia, and he fizzes that ball in, in in the face of pressure to Ray Ray McLeod. And like they said on Good Morning Football, Mahomes makes that. Tagged, didn't yeah, it did, but, um, but what they were saying on Good Morning Football this morning is Mahomes makes that play, Nadji. We oh, talked yeah. about it for weeks and weeks and weeks because he got up, he escaped, he ran around. Yeah, and we oh, absolutely. Last that's, week. Two, that's two weeks in a row he's making those, isn't it? And yeah, it's it's very impressive. I've, I've got to say, I, I thought his most impressive player, he, he didn't throw the ball, he didn't even snap the ball. And that's when he got everybody back on the field to try yes. and yeah to try and get them to jump offside. And it worked. I mean, granted, we, we ended up punting anyway. Yeah. But the fact that you've got a rookie getting the rest of the offense back on the field, get them lined up and actually go for it, yeah. I, I thought that spoke volumes of, of the experience he's had in college, because yeah. I think he's, he played 48 games in college, 40, which he 46, can't, yeah. 46, which he can't discount that um, experience, and I think it showed he knew exactly what the game situation was, what he could potentially do if he could get them to jump offside, and I thought that was excellent. I, I, I yeah, really, yeah. really like that. And, and again, Kyle trusted him to to give him, you know, telling him go and do it, to go, 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 and him taking it and doing it is, yeah, it's, it's so impressive. It really is. Everything he does, it just it, it impresses me. Um, I think, I think my favorite play was the second touchdown because he's, I think George is probably his third read on that on that play, and he recognizes really fast that it's a free man from rushing on him, and he's got all the time in the world, and he slides left. And he just looks so composed, just scans the field, see George getting open, hits him in stride, which is uh, how many times have we seen Jimmy wide open gun and it hits him slightly behind. So the guy has to slow down or readjust and then he can't, um, you know, carry on running. Hits him in stride and then George, let George do the rest. It, it, yeah, that was just exactly when we needed it as well. How many times, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this, but how many times have we said, right, if we can get the ball before the half, score a touchdown, we get the ball back after the half and score a touchdown, and then the game will be over. And look, at, it's his first, second start, and he does it. He's done it already. He, we score now, and I know it's a, the fumble recovery, but he, you know, give it to CMC, score a touchdown. And then it's so imperative that you come out of the half, come out of the tunnel, and go down the field and score a touchdown, and the game's over. And he goes and does it. I, it's just, yeah, everything is done. Um, it has impressed me. Even the pick, you know, I don't have a problem with it. It's it. It would have been a bit of a disaster. Uh, not not the greatest time, but he got lucky, got away with it, and he's hopefully going to learn a lot from it. So uh, yeah, oh, we we could talk about Brock for about two more hours if you want to. <laughs> what, what do you think of Brock, Gareth? I, I think uh, you've you've covered it all. I think you've covered everything I was going to say, apart from uh, when we were right down uh, up against our own goal line and he converted that third down to Juwan Jennings, yeah. uh, threaded the needle again, got the timing right, uh, hit him exactly where uh, he wasn't going to have any difficulty catching it. And it was right at the line to gain, not, as we've sometimes seen, three yards Beautiful. short of the line. Yeah. To gain. Uh, and I, I felt that that was just a, a huge game, I think, in his development in terms of its value in terms of going into that hostile environment on the short week 
with limited uh, practices, carrying an injury himself, and particularly that sequence where we were down starting on our own one yard line uh, and having that crowd noise right behind you. And he just doesn't seem phased, does he? He just no. uh, just sort of like, mm, OK, um, it's just a bit louder. That's all I've got to deal with. Um, and just his his calmness uh, and ability to operate in that. It's just it's it's a veteran move. And as you said, like the, getting the offense back on uh, to try and get draw them offside. That's a veteran move. That's rookie shouldn't do that. And and in many respects, I don't think many coaches would trust their rookies to yeah. come and do that. And like you say, it was five yards, but it turned four, fourth and seven into fourth and two. The best thing you can do as a player is give a decision to your coach whether you go for it. And and at worst, it's it's five more punt yards, isn't it? So uh, these these are the tiny things in games. And yeah, you've you've covered it all. And undoubtedly, we're going to be talking uh, more about the Purdy Express uh, in future games. Uh, a big game for George Kittle. Is that a good sign going forward? A uh, nice little understanding perhaps between him and Purdy yeah yeah well we needed him um down Debo um Brandon and Ayuk not having a good game I think um bad just, yeah but that, that one bad drop was pretty bad because I think that seals the game if he gets it um should have caught it but it was kind of off that to that point which was you know in the fourth he just had one catch uh, for for 19 yards or something like that, it wasn't. It was a good catch. It was on the third down as well on that rollout play that I really like to do. Um, but yeah, with Brandon having a, an off night, Debo not being here, and CMC being heavily featured in a run game, we needed George to be to be there in in a pass game. And I, I don't think it was that big of a game. He just had two massive plays, and he just reminded us that what he can do, and we need to see this more often for sure. Um, at least try and target him deep and have him <laughs> juke to defender. Because uh, as soon as he called that ball, I was like, yeah, he's going for a touchdown here. I know there's two guys bearing on him, but they're not going to stop him, are they? Um, and uh, yeah, missed that. It's been, a, it's been a while. It's great to see him. He was a Discord MVP. Uh, I think I would have given it to Purdy, but um, rightfully, it was good to see uh, to see George playing that kind of that kind of role again. Um, and uh, yeah, really nice touchdowns. Anyone else on Kittle? We haven't talked about it much this season, which is which yeah. is unusual. So there's, there's an interesting uh, exchange on Twitter last night um, between somebody that follows both me, Paul, and the group account, uh, Melissa Rebelli. Um, and, and she basically said, uh, how, how do you like Kittle now? And tagged a couple of people in who, who turned around and said that uh, Kittle's on decline. What? And I found that really interesting. Yeah, that that's, was my reaction. What do you mean Kittle's on decline? It's the way we use Kittle. His production's not on decline because we we don't target them as much as what we did two, three seasons ago. We pay him all this money because we know he's one of the, well, he is the best blocking tight end in the NFL and he can catch the ball. He he works for us in the running game. But because he's not getting the uh, getting the stats that Kelsey again, these these two guys are saying, oh, well, he's in decline. He's in decline. We shouldn't have given that contract. We should get rid of him. We should trade him. And Absolutely. had I been of better health, because, I mean, I've been ill for the last two days, I'd have weighed in on that um, whole Twitter exchange. But it was actually during the game, and I thought, I'm not going to bother with that. Um, and, and just left it be. But I, I don't know if Melissa uh, listens to the pod, but if she does, I, I completely agree with you, Melissa. I don't think George Kittle is in decline at all. I just think it's the way that we use him. And I thought last night, I, I think I said it, actually. 
I think it was in reply to potentially something I, I tweeted out to say Kittler's having a game tonight. Um, and I thought it was excellent. Everything he does, blocking, run blocking, um, catching, it, it's just all great from Kittler. So Melissa does listen to the show. So Melissa's someone I've connected with doing other shows, doing other podcasts. She's a big George Kittle family and she absolutely loves the Club 85. <laughs> so I was going to quote my good friend Naji Karar, Gareth. You said yourself, Naji, that he didn't have a huge game last night. You always say you want your playmakers to make big plays and boy, did George make his two big plays count. And I, I was up off my feet. I had my 85 white jersey on last night. I haven't had Kittle on this season. I've been going with my boy, Nick Bosa. Uh, so it's her fault. So, what? No, you, you know. <laughs> she like wear his jersey more often. <laughs> more often. <laughs> but like you said there, Lee, it, it's, you look at the stats there. He's become the ninth player and third tight end in franchise history to register 5,000 or more receiving yards in his career. Imagine what he'd get if he was used like Kelsey, but I don't think you see many 49ers fans complaining about George, but I think Melissa went to back well, him last night. Because on some of the shows, Nadji, there's a lot of talk that he's, you know, maybe he's in decline, like you said, Lee. No, I, I, money and things like I that. do have a theory about that. And I think I think it's just really smart by Kyle and, uh, and John Lynch. We've seen in the past years that George isn't the most uh, sustainable guy. He just, he gets injured quite a bit. Um, so, why wouldn't you want to protect him by using him sparingly and a little bit less and using him when you need to, rather than targeting him 15 times a game and then just getting him broken and he only plays six games a year for you? I would much rather have George playing the whole season and getting that kind of stats that he's getting now and having this um, looming figure that maybe have a breaking games like he did last night, uh, rather than having him having three big games a year and then not seeing him for the rest of the year. So, you know, you can't have it all. And uh, especially with his health and, and condition. And I don't think, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. We might have him a lot longer than uh, if he was the opposite way around. That 54 yard touchdown though was the longest by a tight end in the NFL this season. And at least he had the gas to run it in. Unlike poor Jordan Mason, Gareth, I was dying for <laughs> Jordan Mason to run that one in. But no, I think Melissa went to bat for George because the Club 85 moniker stuck. We're well known for it, Lee, and because he had the big game last night. And I have used the footage today on Victory Friday, chaps of George and his touchdowns, because I thoroughly enjoyed that. It's the second time this season that he's had two TDs in a game. Yeah. Only the third time in his career. And he's had yeah. two of them this season. So it just goes to show you, Kyle's obviously dialing it up. And yeah, I don't think George is in decline, Lee. So I was like you. I saw it, but I was... Enjoying the game, so I thought I'd worry about it today. I think George has uh, been benefited by, I think, as as you said on the second touchdown, Purdy working through his progressions calmly and finding George when he's wide open. And we know that in, in previous games, in previous seasons, we've had receivers wide open and the ball is checked down to the easy running back for, for two or three yards. Um, but we, we've got a, a guy there, I think, in Purdy, who's got that patience and is unlocking uh, uh, Kittle's potential when he gets into that second level. Um, and he's, he's a little bit quiet. So I think people have forgotten about George. I think you're right in the way that uh, perhaps everybody has an eye on Kelsey. He still seems to do the work, but we're not reliant on anyone. If Kelsey got injured, what would Kansas City's offense look like? Everything yeah, exactly. runs through him. And I think, I mean, you know, you can say the same with us with CMC, but George is 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 an important cog in that machine. But 
we could manage without him for a game or two if, if we had to. Uh, and it was good to see, I think, a, a pass there, a, a catch for Tyler Croft, who I think has, has clearly got a little bit of a, a connection with Purdy from the from the practice squad and the, and the second team. So I could see him sneaking out on, on a few design plays and Purdy looking one way and then coming back and going, Tyler Croft's wide open again, I'm going to hit him. Uh, so I think we could see a little bit more of, of Croft uh, as well as uh, a little bit more from George. You mentioned Jordan Mason, a little bit of reliance still on CMC. I'm sure we were all gutted to see Mason fall a, a yard or two short. Um, I was kind of thinking we've got to punch it in, but then you're like, no, it's sensible, isn't it, to, to just yeah. take victory formation at the one-yard line. But uh, I'd have uh, punched it in. You haven't given him the right name there, Jordan the Closer. Mason Garrett, but he just seems to come in to close the games out four carries for a career high, 64 yards. But me and Nadji were willing that one over the line because we yeah. had called a Mason touchdown. But yeah, that... I mean, the, the smart play is not to score and just end the game, right? <laughs> That's a smart play. Yeah. Just get smart. the crown, you know, the yeah. But the thing I is, know, it was I in know. Seattle, it was against a rival who we don't have to face again this season. No, I'd have run up the score. Oh, as I, a, would have run I was about to say, as a running back, Nadji, you would have run that one in. I oh, think I your footage, you would have run that one in. I would have tried, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, he, he had open field in front of him. If there was a defender in front of him, maybe he would have, you know, take, taken a slide. Uh, but because he had open field and all he can see is an end zone and and loads of Seattle Seahawks fans looking rather glum. So uh, yeah, I don't blame him. Like you say, the smart move may well have just been to uh, to run out of bounds and kill the game. But I uh, I can't blame him because all he could see was open field in front of him. So yeah, uh, and and he protected the ball. And I think he did the right thing. I'll get in the corner. If the worst happens, there's a good chance I fumble it out of bounds. Uh, so at least he did the sort of sensible thing. And 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 fair play to him. Like you say, I can't possibly fault him for wanting to score a 58 yard touchdown or whatever it would have been so uh disappointed he wasn't used a little bit more in the early part of the game um i think we yeah. took the preview didn't we but there we are yeah that's that's the one thing i'm still scratching my head about and i know carl's mentioned there he's not he doesn't think he's quite ready yet and and uh, the the pass protection isn't quite there and, and, and all that but every time he's in every time he's running he's just he, i don't know he's he, it seems like he had that 58 yard in him since he's every time he, he gets the ball. And I don't really get why we don't use him. We don't have to use him 50 50 with CMC. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, maybe upping his carries from four to 10 or 11, yeah. something like that. I think I, that would make me happy. I think it would make me a lot of fans happy. Um, maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe he's just not quite there at all. And uh, he can only manage to do four or five carries a game. Um, Hopefully, it, I mean, we've got three games to get him in now that don't really matter much. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, I'm sure he'll get more carries then, and hopefully he can get some experience under his belt. But I really like his style of running, and I think it complements what CMC does really, really well. They both run really hungry, but they're in a slightly different style. He's more of a bruiser, but he, he's got the, the ability to break one. Uh, so, you know. Hmm. Uh, a game, a typical Thursday night game with lots of flags. Any uh, issues with any of the calls while I take cover? No, no, <laughs> no issue of any call at all. The rules are nonsense sometimes, um, but no. All I was going to say, Nadji, is before you came on, there was a bit of a chat between me, Lee and Gareth, and it seemed as if 
you had your tin hat on in the Discord uh, chat last night. And when that Borsa play happened, you were very quick to point out to the letter of the law, that was the rule. And to be honest, I dipped in and I thought, in real time, as my emotion as a fan, at first glance, I thought that was a a bullshit call. I didn't like it. (laughs) And I thought, are you kidding me? Especially because Gareth's pick had got taken off the board. And then like you said, you know, so I put my comment in literally a second after it happened. And then other people seemed to jump on it. And then today I've watched it back and I was like, do I agree with Nadji? But unfortunately, mate, I agree with Lee. Isn't that right, Lee? Come on, jump in. You can help me out here, mate. No, it's all right, mate. I completely agree with Nadji. I think it was the right call. I don't know what you're talking about. So, I'm glad to try. So, so funnily enough, I've just seen um, that Nick Borsa agreed with the call. But then again, Nick Borsa's probably been politically correct and, and trying to avoid the question, but I thought it was a bullshit call. I thought uh, as he was going down, you could see him lifting his arm and it was difficult for him to move his body weight at that point because there was that many players around him. And I thought it was a really soft call on us. But it is what it is. Yeah, but again, whether it's difficult or not for him to remove his body weight doesn't matter. The fact is that his body weight was on top of it. The ref is not going to look at the whole play. And that's what I said yesterday. If we're opening that kind of things to interpretation, we're opening Pandora's box, and then ref has just going to... It, they're going to be worse called than this. The problem is, the rule isn't very good. Um, and, and the fact that we, they protect the quarterbacks to that level, it, to me, is insane. And I don't agree with the call, but I don't agree with the rule, not with the call. I think the call is fine. It's just applying the rule to the letter. You cannot expect the ref in full-time, full-speed to see whether the guy was able or not, per- perhaps if he was falling the right way to be able to move his body. If his body is on top of him, he's just going to call it 100% of the time. And that's what I'm saying. It's just, I, I agree with you guys. It- it's a BS rule and a BS call, especially that he takes away an amazing demo pick. Did he go to the house as well? Almost, yeah. didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to the house. Help, uh, yeah. Pick six, yeah. So uh, I think that's why as well people are, a little bit more up in arms about it because it takes six points off the board. But it, yeah, it's just, it, I don't want to get us to that stage where we were about f- four years ago with all these catches contested and then it's open to interpretation. The rule is there, just apply the rule. And it sucks, but it is what it is. God damn you coming in here, Naji Karabi, and all sensible. Me and Lee wanted. It was rubbish. We wanted the pick six. and Look, we want the West blood. with it and without it. It doesn't matter. It's the Seahawks. They don't matter is all, all I'm saying. I'll feel very different if they call that in the Super Bowl and we lose it because of it. <laughs> I've, got, I've, yeah. I've got just a couple of quick things on that. I, I think we... I think we've got away with a few roughing the passer calls that could have been flagged, particularly in the Dolphins game. Uh, there was a couple where both uh, hit people. <laughs> no, I know, shocking, low, low around the legs, and, and I was braced for the flag coming in. Um, so you know, they even out across the season. You 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 get some soft ones, you get away with some soft ones. Um, and the second point really is, if somebody does that to Purdy, we'd all want the flag because yeah. we say, look, he's landed on him, a full body weight on him. You know, we'd want the letter of the law applied then when somebody's doing that to Purdy. So, uh, but like you said, it wasn't actually uh, a game swinger. We've won. It took a sack off Bosa, but he'll, uh, he'll just have to, have to go and get some others. So, and I think largely this season, the Zebras have been on our side. We've, we've, had a, we've had a good season. We've not... 
we, we've we, been on on the good end of some bad calls too. We've had a I few think. lucky calls. Saints game, I think yeah. Dolphins game, as I said. Yeah. So, um, but I think over the last few years we uh, we due a bit of luck. So uh, I'm taking it. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, lads, we have gone from three and four to ten and four. What has been the key to our success after some disappointing early performances? Lee, we, we've won games instead of losing them. Insightful, <laughs> wonderful. DMC, baby. I, I oh, think. Yeah. Well. I think after the Kansas City Chiefs game, I, I honestly, honestly believe the team was embarrassed by that game. Yeah. Because they came to Levi's and they basically had their way with us. And I think that's when it turned around. I mean, it's obvious that's when it turned around. That was the last loss. Um, yeah. I think I think the coaching staff have, have pulled the team around. I think the players have stood up to be counted. Um, I think Jimmy started to play better at that point as well. Mm-hmm. He started to put in a really good run of performances, unfortunately, before his uh, injury, of course. And then the last couple of games, you've got a look at Brock Purdy and what he's done. Which has surprised everybody, so I, I think it's a I think it's a combination of a few things. But the catalyst was that Chiefs game. We were embarrassed by it. Um, I'll say I think it's the CMC trade that kind of jottles everything in, in into place. I, f- I think you're right. I think the I think the Chiefs loss may have triggered the the trade and um, the front office to realize that we needed to do something to get better and score more points because we were really struggling to score points at that time. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but we were calling 17-point games at the time, um, and and it's changed on its head since since we've done that. So uh, yeah, the CMC trade, I think us getting healthier. You know, Mooney Ward wasn't healthy that game. Um, we would lost, we just lost Eman, so Lenore had to switch. So there was a bit of time adjusting there. Um, obviously, having Armstead back and having you know everybody coming back fit and healthy basically um for those two games after that basically was uh, i i think it's a combination of everything and then obviously the surprise that brock has, has given us that he's actually a very good quarterback um has helped a lot um but that's the second season we do it we were three and five last year in 2019 2020 is you know a uh, bit of a wash but um wait no is it last year we did it? We were three and five. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was last year. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Um, yeah, last year we were three and five, and we ended up, you know, going to the NFC Championship. So, um, I think this is, I think there's something to say about Kyle's playbook and the way the team uh, struggles at first, and then it's time to, you know, find a rhythm, feel a feel for each other, and how everything fits, especially this year with the change of quarterback three times. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a whole process and good team good players and eventually it starts getting well and well, boy did it get really good we said it's it on going. the last pod Gareth about CMC I'm not going to go off what Nadji said but we said it many times it's given Shanahan a top five player at the running back position for the first time but it's that added value like Nadji said but yeah I think Ryan's needs a bit of credit after that Chiefs game like Lee said there was a lot of talk can he make the adjustments and the defence have come out looking hungry I saw the footage of Warner um, this morning ahead of last night's game, firing the troops up. And they've just got that bend but not break mentality. And like you said, Lee, when Metcalf was flexing and thinking he was the boy, I loved how the defence were like, yeah, we're, we're not taking our foot off the gas. And the fact that we're keeping teams, Gareth, to 17 points mm. in this pass-happy league. And, and like you said, the Seahawks running game was unexistent. We forced them to pass, and that just played into our strengths. But uh, it feels great to be the first team to wrap up the division. Early Christmas present. 
last three games, Gareth. I know you've got that in your notepad. I mean, I'm interested to hear what Lee and Nadji think of the last three games. Now we're in the playoffs, home playoff game guaranteed. I think we've got the number three seed, Lee, clinched. Is that right, buddy? That's correct. That's correct. And as far as I see the, the last three games of the season, I think the number two seed is going to be so vitally important to get into the Super Bowl that we play the starters all the way through to the last final game or until we uh, secure the number two seed, which, to be honest, I don't think will be until the final game. He's not even asked a question yet. <laughs> well, Paul, Paul sorry, Paul, Garrett, the sorry. straight in. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I can have a little nap. Off you go, Nancy. Um, I'm not sure any second or third seed doesn't make much difference. Um, I, being higher helps. Uh, it just gives you a home field advantage uh, throughout if you know you don't play the one seed, obviously. Um, I'm, I agree that I would say that we keep playing our starters uh, at the very least, you know, something like 75% of the games. Try and win out because you never know. Um, the Eagles might lose three games um, and, and we could still get the first seed. It's totally, it's totally achievable and uh, there's no way we'll stop trying to get that and get the bye. So until that's completely gone, I would say keep everybody. But I would I would also think um, now that it's clinched, um, I would definitely start resting people, um, uh, especially on the last game. Although I really want to sweep the West. Um, I really want to beat the Cardinals. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be it's going to take a measure of, um, you know, giving Brock more play time, see what he can do. But also giving, you know, the likes of George Mason and Danny Gray some playtime, more playtime so they can get up to speed at, at the NFL level. Um, but yeah, I, at this point, I don't really care whether we win, we lose. Um, all eyes on January and whoever we're going to play in the, in the wild card round. Oh, the buy, the, it, we, we can still get a buy. So let's play for that. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to answer the question slightly different, Gareth. Alex Simpson has got his notepad out because me and Lee said 13 and 4 was going to be our record. So we need to win out. So me and Lee are right. I think I said that. I think I said that. I can't remember if I said 13 and 4 or 12 and 5. I can't remember. Oh, I think you I, went 12 and 5. I think I went 12 and 5. Yeah, which I think yeah. we'll get. <laughs> I think if you did it again now, Nadji, you'd go 16 and 0 or 17 yeah, and 0 or 18 because you're almost a positive now. But me and Lee did say 13 and 4. If, um, yeah, if I'd known Purdy was that good, I would have <laughs> called. I would have definitely started the hashtag, started Brock straight away, and we would have been 16 and 0 right now. So uh, 17 and 0. I think I think these these last three games, it's a real it's a real coaching challenge. Of do you do you keep that momentum up? Winning is a habit. You want to yeah. keep guys going, but you know it's tired bodies, and there's a good chance that we may need a little bit of of the depth chart that we haven't seen more for Jordan Mason more for Tyler Croft that sort of thing i think it's a real challenge for a coach to 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 feel through that and think well which way do we go i think the number 2 seed would be good because that means we guarantee we're going to get two home playoff games and it means we can't face the eagles until the championship game who yeah. you know i think the eagles are the standout along with the niners from from the nfc so that there is something there. I think it will partly rely on what happens with, with the Vikings, who currently have the number two seed, uh, and, and their uh, rest of their schedule, and whether they fade, because I think their, uh, schedule, their, their record does flatter them slightly. I think the, yeah. the Vikings can be dangerous, but they're not necessarily a team to fear. 
but there, there's a, particularly the the last game against the Cardinals. There is there is part of me thinking, well, you want the number one seed because you get a bye week. We could treat that game as a bye week yeah. uh, if we wanted to, uh, and think, okay, we've got to match the Eagles. We don't want to go into into uh, Philadelphia with an extra game on us when when they've had a bye week when we could kind of have a bye week. So I think we'll we'll feel through it. I think we can see starters in the first certainly two quarters and then maybe get a feel for how the game is going. You know, maybe if it's if there's some poor weather or or the score yeah. obviously. And we'll see. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I was hinting at. I think we'll feel for it, but you don't want to lose this momentum that we have. No. Uh, you know, seven in a row. Let's just keep it rolling, keep playing good football, keep you know, it, as I always say, you don't get better at football by sitting on your hands. You get better by playing football. Mm-hmm. So um, let's keep on getting better so we can win that's, win this thing. That's that's a big one there, I think, with Brock. With, uh, yep. with every rookie, you just want reps. You want reps. You want reps. But also yep. there is the, just that risk of one play going awry and it's a twisted ankle or something like that. Yeah, and, but... But this football, you can't you can't legislate for it, can you? you no, you, you've just got to say we, you can't plan for an injury. But no. it's got to be in people's mind. It has to be. So I think until you can win it all, um, you play everybody uh, to the point where it, you only start taking players. You know, like we did last week against um, uh, oh. we, we, the Bucks, yeah. Bosa was still in in the fourth, playing. You know, it's you just it's it's part of the game. You cannot yeah. say, oh, we'll take them out because of injury, because otherwise you just play half of the season. Mm. Um, it's and even then, it, that doesn't guarantee you you don't you're not going to get an injury. As a matter of fact, I think it might slightly raise the chance when you come back and you're cold and you're not your body isn't used to getting hit and and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I let's play for it all until until we don't need to and then and then we can rest people and have a bye week if we want to which yeah. is uh, which is really That's good because there is going to be a point certainly into the into the last game if not the last two games we could be in a situation where if we win we get the number 3 seed if we lose yeah. we get the number 3 seed and then I yeah. think suddenly there's there's a decision there uh, and like I said I think it's a really interesting uh, coach's dilemma uh, but a good one to have anything else on the game or season before we wrap it up gents I mean, yeah. it's been it, sorry, but yeah, it's, it's it was amazing to, to be I mean, from the get go. I was very confident that we were going to win, and now people have listened to the preview <laughs> would have seen how confident I was. But uh, never in doubt uh, during the game, at, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever it was, uh, did I think we were going to lose this. I was very calm. It, it's been it's been a very long time because even last year and the year before, when you know we were playing really well, there was always a little bit of something that we weren't quite there was a chance we could lose a game here or lose a game there and everything could fall apart i just i haven't fell down in, in over a month and especially yesterday in seattle it was it was awesome to to clinch it on their field um i'm not mm-hmm. i didn't see did, did they do the the whole ceremony and giving the trophy on their field i don't think they did did they no because that's a shame we should have done that that would have been awesome get Richard Chairman to give us trophies. <laughs> that would have been awesome. So that's a lovely segue into my overconfidence. So I was just about to say to Nadji, just think we were there at draft day when the Super Bowl mm. winning quarterback was drafted. 
I know. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I, I was really happy when we drafted him because I'd be the, the only name I knew at that point. And and I don't know if you remember, we were absolutely exhausted. That day was really long. That Friday, um, it was like five or six hours. Those those last rounds, it was so long. Um, and the, it, it must yeah, have been long because it was a Saturday. Oh, it was a Saturday, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. I forgot. Um, but no, because we, we started at like 8 a.m., 8 or 9, didn't we? And because uh, you had to go on stage. And then we stayed because... 6, 6 a.m. 6 yeah, we a.m. We met for breakfast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the, the whole thing started at yeah. 8 or 9. I can't remember. And then we were still... I think Brock got picked at what? Like half two, something like that. And then no, we it was much later. That. It was, uh, was just it? before five. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it was a long day, and then we ducked out before the stupid gig because uh, we couldn't take you anymore, and then I passed out in my room, tired. Um, but yeah, we were there seeing it. Um, I wish I'd, I'd uh, even taken it more on board now that I've seen him play, and he's amazing. Yeah. So luckily enough, I videoed the whole thing. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll have to That's stick cool. it online. Yeah, you do. Mm. Absolutely. All, all I wanted to say, Gareth, is since becoming an NFL fan, the Seahawks have plagued my dreams so the fact we swept the season series for the first time since 2011 and there's two Seahawks fans play for my flag football team so I think it would be rather remiss of me on Sunday to not go in my George Kittle 85 with my Niners hoodie with my Niners bobble hat with my support club scarf and maybe drop in that we've swept the division and I might borrow that sweep and brush oh we haven't yet I well sorry we swept the Seahawks but yeah we've got one more game but no I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and like you and Adji I was very calm, and I actually said that to Tracy this morning. She said, oh, you're doing all right for five hours sleep. I said, the game was won. I, there was not any point last night, gents, that I felt worried. So I enjoyed it, and I'm going to fully enjoy Victory Friday, Gareth, for the rest of the day until I crash and burn later. <laughs> Wonderful. So thanks for joining me, gents, and thanks to everyone who listens to the show. As it is the season for giving, you can give us a like, a subscribe, a comment, or a share wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week to preview our early Christmas present from the NFL. A Christmas Eve 9pm matchup against the Washington Commanders. Popular with the whole family, I'm sure. Until then, enjoy your Division Champions weekend and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, Nanaka. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline.